Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Edie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, Jess here. So excited to be I almost said back in the studio recording, like I have a real life studio, but I'm I'm happy to be back. So if you guys have been following along, you might know that I have pre-recorded a lot of episodes ahead of time. And we got to the point where we were like booked. We had episodes recorded for like six months straight. So it's been a while since I've recorded in real time. Like this episode that we're I'm recording today is probably going to go live in a few weeks, which is awesome. And it's been fun because now I get to start reconnecting with new people in our community. And today we have the lovely Caroline Potter on with us today. And she's going to be talking about something that's actually really near and dear to my heart as well. And I know to hers, but before we dive in, hi, I am so excited <laughs> to talk with you. I was saying before we hit record, like, I just can't wait to actually meet you in person one day. I know, <laughs> it is so crazy. And believe it or not, you guys, this, this little community, it seems big, but it's actually really small. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, if I have it, very intimate, very, like, I feel like we're all just like, let's talk about real life, like cut the fluff type. So, yes, it's like, it's straight to the meat of the, like the heart of the matter. And it's, it's funny because we also like, I've been following you for a long time. I remember I have the American paleo table. It was one of the first paleo books that I actually just like bought and was like, I need this in my life. (laughs) And so I've been following you for a long time back when you were, was it colorful eats? Yes. And then I rebranded just definitely like a big change on my heart. But yeah, my original website blog, everything was colorful eats. And now I really want the chocolate chip cookies in my cookbook. (laughs) (laughs) They are amazing. If you guys have not, if you don't have that cookbook in your list of resources, you need to get it because it's just, it really is what it is. It's like the all American paleo table. It's all your favorite classics and you're not missing out on anything by like cutting the gluten and all of that stuff. So definitely one of my favorites. So tell me about that. Like you wrote that book. Sorry, I'm always getting like perpetually off track, but I just follow every single question and tangent that comes into my mind. But how was the cookbook writing process for you? I'm so intrigued. You know, I wish more people would like give the real version of the cookbook mm-hmm. writing process. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a passion project and I'm so thankful for it. I learned, oh my gosh, I learned so much. It stretched me. Definitely. I think my health suffered a little bit. Well, I know myself health suffered a little bit afterward, but yeah, it's, it's definitely people always compare it to like having a baby. And I'm like, now that I have had an actual baby, I'm like, it's kind of similar. It kind of incubates for like nine months. And then at the end, it's like really intense, but it's, it's a passion project and it's something I'm really proud of. Um, it definitely, I was a lot younger when I published it and I've grown so much, but I think, 
I think it's just amazing to see your progress. And I'm really big on not being like, oh, I should have done that or like downplaying what I originally did because all of that is a part of my story and it's led to where I am today. And gosh, the recipes are really good. Like (laughs) just comfort food, really good. But it's definitely a lot more work than what you see, which is the end result and the glamorous side of people walking into Barnes and Noble or being like, I hit bestseller on Amazon, you know, different things like that. You see that glamorous side and there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Literally. I think I like almost not decapitated, cut off one of my fingers writing it. And then I didn't have any band-aids and I was dripping blood in the store looking for band-aids. Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, the blood, sweat and tears part is literal. (laughs) I would add some burns in there too. So not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Not for the faint of heart, but definitely just a passion project and something I'm really proud of. And something one day I will be really proud to show my sweet daughter and walk into a bookstore and find it together. So that will be fun. That's amazing. And I, so I, our listeners know, like I work with Cassie Joy from Fed and Fit, like as Mm -hmm. part of her team. So I, (laughs) but so they did a lot of the like recipe testing and all of that stuff before I came on, but I did get to see the like, the like, okay, now we've got to get all this copy and all the like Mm -hmm. post like, post content creation like now we got to get this make this book into a real thing and I yeah like and even the like book tour process I don't know if you went on tour when yours launched but like I just I feel for Cassie I really do that girl is amazing she's She's just such a little joy she (laughs) is a joy and she's got energy for days and Mm -hmm. I I don't I'm in awe of her constantly. So hats off to all of you cookbook writers sorry dogs are coming in and out of here what? <laughs> Sorry if you hear click clacking around everywhere. Real professional studio we've got going on here. <laughs> so before we jump into the crux of this episode, which I'll talk to you guys a little bit about here in a minute, but I want to introduce you to Caroline. If you have not, if you aren't familiar with her, if you maybe you've seen her online, but I really want our listeners to get to know you because I also feel that same way about you that you're just like such a sweet, like spirit and just someone that I really, really enjoy following and consuming your content that you're putting out there because I feel like it's so valuable, but making me blush over here. (laughs) Caroline is a wife. She's a mama and the voice behind the brand Flourish. Her website is flourish-living.com where she encourages women to cultivate conscious living, balance grace with gumption. I love that. And make small changes to have a big impact on their health, joy, and energy. She's also a nutritional therapy practitioner and the author of the cookbook, All American Paleo Table, which we just talked about at length. So we mentioned her website. She's also on Instagram at Caroline unders. Is it two underscores? Yes. Underscore Those underscore. Those things that I can't change. <laughs> <laughs> underscore okay. underscore Potter. So if you guys aren't following her already, please run over and give her a follow. She is amazing. And she's actually living overseas. In, I can say where you are, right? Yes. Okay. In Spain. (laughs) And so she is not only like a mama, a new mama navigating this whole motherhood transition, but she's also in another country doing it, which is adds a whole another element of like interest and just excitement to it to me. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I also love your name. That's your name is on our short list if we ever have another daughter. So I'm biased. 
I do love my name. I think, you know, you all go through those phases when you're in middle school and you're like, why am I not named like everyone else's? Like but, Jessica? <laughs> no. But, Which is like the uh, most common name of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I love my name. Mm. I really do. I love it too. So today we're going to be talking about adrenal fatigue and motherhood. And this is a topic that I'm really, really just wanting to like sit back and soak in all of the knowledge that you're going to bring to the table because again, though really undiagnosed for myself, I feel like I have definitely been, been there slash, you know, and I'm, I'm interested to see what you have to say further on the topic, but perhaps still struggling with it in a lot of ways. And you're going to talk to us about simple ways because, you know, mm-hmm. as moms, caregivers, we, a lot of us work inside the home, outside the home, you know, balancing multiple, you know, plates. We need simple. We can't, a lot of the time, it's it's almost overwhelming to think of all the things that you can do to address something like adrenal fatigue or where to start or what does mm-hmm. it even mean? So you're going to be sharing simple ways about how to navigate this because, correct me if I'm wrong, your heart is really to educate, inspire women to conquer the struggle in a loving way, in a positive way, so that you can implement those small things that you feel change. So you have energy to do all the things that you want to do. I mean, is that so in true. a nutshell? That I need I need to put that soundbite like on my wall and remind myself of that daily. And I think just sharing like from personal experience, obviously, you know, I have nutrition training and I'm practicing nutrition that way. But from personal experience, I can say I have just only recently I am now tomorrow will be 15 months postpartum. And so I would say about right about 14 months postpartum, there was a big shift in everything for me. And just seeing that contrast, gosh, it, it was such a beautiful thing to see kind of that fog lifting and to come out of it, but gosh, it's taken time, you know, and, and this journey began far before I even got pregnant. So I would just say, just seeing that now is so beautiful and, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean you didn't go through hard stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely in a season of cultivating all the hard work and just watching it pay off. And I'm, I'm truly, really thankful. And, and just seeing the flip side is, is honestly really beautiful and, and something I don't take for granted. Absolutely. Well, and I'm interested. So I do an icebreaker question, but then I also want to ask you a little bit more about your story after we do this icebreaker question, because okay. I feel <laughs> like having some background on, cause you, I just love your story. But before we dive into that, what's So I know that you guys kind of have lived all over the place. What's the most favorite location that you've ever lived? Oh my gosh, we've lived so many places. I have to say Spain. It Mm -hmm. is... It's definitely different over here. You are overseas and you have to put yourself in that mentality that this is a different culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, I think sometimes people think that it's not a different culture and it is, but oh my gosh, just like the pace of life and how I've learned to just live and to rest here has been so refreshing. And I definitely firmly believe that God put us here in the exact season we needed to be. And just knowing everything like that I've been through and my husband's been through at work, this was definitely the right place for us. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful to have lived here and to keep living here for a few more months and then just to carry the lessons that I've learned with me to other places. So 
Oh my god. It's amazing. I definitely think Spain too. If, I mean, most people aren't going to like pack up and move to Spain, but I do think for anyone traveling who loves to travel, I would say Spain and Portugal are kind of Europe's little hidden gems and mm. a whole lot cheaper than the rest of Europe. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've also heard, I mean, I don't know if you like to indulge in wine, but I've also heard in some yes. parts of Spain, you can like a, gla- a bottle of wine is like cheaper than a bottle of water and it's like really good wine. <laughs> yeah. You know, that phrase, like uh, the wine is cheaper than water. That's actually true here. And it doesn't bother me either. I got to a point and this is definitely like linked to a lot of health issues too, but um, I couldn't even drink like a sip of wine in America without feeling like one sip and I would feel completely hungover the next day. And it's just, you know, due to so many things and all the additives, but here I definitely, can enjoy it and wake up feeling great in the morning. So just another reason to go visit Spain. That's amazing. Well, and I, so that's a really great segue into telling us a little bit more about like your, your story and you know, the struggles and the wins and the, all of that. I'm really curious. And I want the listeners to know that before we dive into like, you know, the meat of the topic. And also I just have to echo like, I'm sure being in a place where rest is is valued in a time where you are really needing it postpartum, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the difference that it would make being in a culture that really preserves that ideal of rest. Whereas here, it's like, okay, well, when are you going back to work? Like, you know, like how few weeks can you take off for maternity leave before you can go back? Like, there's just, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. It, it in general... And though I feel like there's a shift and a more awareness around this postpartum period and the the sacredness of it and the need for slowing down, I still feel like there's this this expectation here in America, at least, where, I I don't know, it's just not Mm -hmm. as common to see mama supported and rest over here. So anyways. You know, I think... And I could go on a tangent here, but I I firmly believe, and I, I felt this before pregnancy was even on my mind. So I don't want to say that this was a belief came that came up from experience, but I've always felt since I dove into nutrition that the postpartum phase was one of the least talked about seasons of life Mm -hmm. in across any platform, across holistic nutrition, your OBGYN office, your doctor's office. It's just not talked about. So much emphasis is put on the actual pregnancy, which Mm -hmm. is a good thing and an important thing. But there's a lot of issues that can arise if you are not taking the postpartum phase seriously. And I think something, I don't want to use like scary is the right word. Scary is definitely not the right word, but you know, these issues aren't always visible in like mm-hmm. six weeks, three months, you know, three years, it could be something down the road that, you know, nutrients were never replenished correctly or different things like that. So Yeah, I I do think there's a shift, like you said, but I also think it is still just not talked about at all. (laughs) Oh, 100%. I mean, just based on my own personal experience, it's like I did all the birth classes and like all the like, you know, preparing my body for birth and growing a baby, which is obviously incredibly important. You've got the baby has got to get here. (laughs) But at the same time, it wasn't until after I had experienced that whole postpartum period the first time around, I didn't realize like I didn't have a plan for postpartum. I just, I was like, I'll figure it out. And I think there's some like 
there's something for that to not hold on rigidly to a plan, but I just didn't ha- mm-hmm. hadn't set up any support for myself. So that my or first, even just like awareness. Yes. Awareness. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize what I would need and it's hard to know what you need until you've been through that, but I didn't even seek resources to help. And I don't even know if there was resources at the time, you know, almost six years ago that would really help me prepare for like, you know, <laughs> how very tired I was going to be. And because it's hard. It's like people ask you, you know, how are you doing? You're like, I'm tired. They say, I'm tired. Well, like you don't really understand the depths of like what that can possibly mean if you haven't Mm -hmm. been through it before. So it's just, it's kind of like, okay, great. Yeah. I'm going to be tired when the baby gets here, but like tired, like it's a just different level of tired. (laughs) Like no, it's a whole different level. And then like the other day, Remington caught like a little sniffle and she woke up in the middle of the night and I, you know, put her back to sleep. And then the next day I was like dragging, like, wait, how did I ever do this? I know. And it's <laughs> like, funny what you what? can endure, right? Like you can mm-hmm. really endure a lot, especially in the beginning. I was like, right. Riding- you have that rush yes. of adrenaline. And I think yes. that's what's so cool about how our body works is our body was like, beautifully designed to cope with stress Mm -hmm. for those, those periods of high intensity stress. I think sometimes when we talk about adrenal fatigue, we think like stress is the enemy and stress is not necessarily the enemy. Like our body was designed to cope with stress, but our body was not designed to cope with constant chronic stress, Mm -hmm. which we're seeing in modern times, you know, remove the fact of like pregnancy postpartum that's a huge stress on the body if we just look at you know the average person the the amount of stress we're in and it's not just like from our jobs it's from things in the environment and toxins and you know just constant noise like having the tv on all these different things we're inundated with all these stress and our body was not designed to be under that constant state of stress so i think that's where like the big issue lies is that constant stress absolutely well so that's kind of taking us into the so I interrupted you but tell us a little bit more about your particular story because I know this is something near and dear to your heart so as a segue into like the the goods like share whatever you're comfortable with about kind of that whole your whole experience with with adrenal fatigue and your health and all that good stuff So I'll kind of keep it to more recent times, but I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease at the age of 20. I was a junior in college and that is really what changed everything for me. I'm thankful I came from a very holistically minded family. I grew up on homeopathic medicine, on Chinese herbs, wild Indian cherry bark, something my mom used to give us that was disgusting, but now I have it in my cabinet, you know, so I'm really thankful that I grew up that way. And then I would say probably, uh, gosh, probably about like three years ago, I think a lot of little stress, well, I know a lot of little stress added up to become a really big stress, you know, just being a part of the military community for anyone that's listening or has friends. It's a very, very demanding job. And it's also something we don't really talk about much for a lot of reasons. And obviously it's more demanding on my husband, but just, you know, moving constantly and and constant unknowns that come with the military community. That's very, very stressful on the body. Unknowns are. So just all these little different stresses. I definitely was exposed to some pretty intense toxins when we were living in Hawaii. That's a whole nother story. I think that kind of catapulted me downward. 
But pretty much the big event that comes to mind was we had just moved to Spain and about a month into living here, my husband was on deployment and I had a miscarriage and it definitely rocked me physically. I think more than anything else, I think it rocked me emotionally actually more when I was pregnant with my daughter Remington, Mm -hmm. but physically I just saw a lot of really big changes pretty quickly. And the root of it was definitely in adrenal fatigue, just being exhausted all the time. It was like no amount of sleep or caffeine could help. I think that's, you know, typically the phrase I describe with adrenal fatigue. And there was a lot of, you know, other things going on, but just exhaustion, brain fog. I had definitely heard the term brain fog a lot, especially in nutrition school. And I always thought that was like some voodoo thing. (laughs) I was like, that's not real. (laughs) Like, that's not real. Um, And then I experienced it and I was like, oh my gosh, like just you feel like, like I felt like I wasn't Caroline. And I think that's when it like really hit me. And so I definitely worked pretty hardcore on my health, doing a lot with nutrition, a lot with supplements, a lot with supplements, a lot of different like detox therapies, foot reflexology really transformed everything for me and really helped me. Chiropractic care, just, you know, a lot of things just pouring into myself. And sadly, that miscarriage was definitely a really big wake up call. It was also a wake up call just to realize like how much stress I had in my life. I mean, we had been on the road living out of suitcases in various hotels and family situations, you know, for five months when we transferred here to Spain. So just all these little things add up. And I think that is when I really understood what the definition of stress is. And I think that's key to understanding adrenal fatigue is stress is not always necessarily a negative thing. Stress Mm -hmm. is just any change in your environment, your activity to change like that existent equilibrium is what stress is. So if you think about it that way, like going on a vacation to the Bahamas, although that's a positive thing, (laughs) is really, really stressful on the body because you have to travel there. You're exposed to different environment, different bacteria in the water, all these different things. So the body views that really as stressful. And especially when you think of like motherhood, pregnancy, postpartum, if there's any infertility struggles, the stress that that puts on the body is incredible. And I think we we view the process of pregnancy and birth and that like postpartum glow, we view that all as beautiful and oh my gosh, it is. It's incredible. It's life-changing in like all the best ways, but we forget that there's also a negative side to that, that Mm -hmm. it is very stressful on the body. Like you just created a freaking human out of scratch. (laughs) Like take a second to think about that. Like, yeah. And we think, you know, society just tells us we're going to bounce back and go back into that size four jeans. And like, I'm still not in those pre-pregnancy jeans <laughs> and I'm over, you know, well over a year. And so I, I think that just having that conversation and bringing awareness to the fact that like stress isn't always a negative thing mm-hmm. and stress can also come in the form of a lot of beauty and a lot of wonderful joyful events like the motherhood um, transition. Absolutely. Well, I, I feel like I'm really glad that you shared your story. And I know a lot of people, the listeners out here can resonate with a lot of what you said, maybe not all the details, but we've, I think we've all experienced 
and continue to experience stress on a daily level, whether it's a big event like suffering a miscarriage, which I don't know, my the listeners know my story, but I've also, I had a miscarriage between our two kiddos. Mm-hmm. So I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I know it's really, really hard. And I, I also agree with you, like physically it's hard. It's definitely like emotionally, it was started to be harder for me when I got pregnant afterwards because so that's how I was too yeah, that's yeah. so interesting it's really interesting and I think not that this is an episode on miscarriage but like it just kind of it's uh, I hate to say that we're tainted but like there's a an underlying sense of like apprehension and maybe fear after you go through something like that because it's mm-hmm. like it's not just this I don't know blissful experience anymore which yeah. It's sad, but I think somewhat accurate for, you know, at least my, my situation. So thank you for sharing it. Definitely that. for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Now that we've kind of set the stage and we have an understanding about your personal experience with it. And really, I, I'm really glad that you talked about stress being in the form of positive and negative stressors, because that mm-hmm. is absolutely 100% true. I wouldn't say that I'm stressed in my life right now in a negative way, but daily stress even just like kids crying you know like right we have an emotional we have a lot of emotions in our house right now and for someone who's even just particularly sensitive I think to like noise like myself just that like prolonged crying and trying to be present with your kid and not like be like okay we need to stop crying like allow them to feel their feelings that's taxing on the system right like there's just so many things we don't think of as being like true stress that is stress throughout the day so oh my gosh yeah I was actually thinking about that when I was eating dinner the other day and like had a wonderful day like it was a weekend I took naps like it was great no complaints Mm -hmm. and at dinner it was just like Remington kept needing something different or I forgot my napkin or I forgot my fork and it was just that up and down motion which everyone can relate to at the dinner table and like your body views that as highly stressful like did I but if you had asked me how that day was would I have ever put stress under like the definition of that day not at all Mm. and I was thinking about it a few days later and I was like that was really stressful like on my body just (laughs) the simple act of getting up and down from the dinner table so again like I just really like to explain what stress is because I think that that is so empowering, especially for mothers and fathers to really be like, yeah, maybe my life is more stressful than I think. And again, that's not a negative. Yes, totally. 100%. Hey friends, Laura and I are so excited to share that we've partnered with Beekeepers Naturals to bring you the latest buzz around some incredible plant-based and healing hive products that we've both absolutely fallen in love with. This company is not only creating hive-based products to solve modern health challenges naturally, but they're doing so with a huge goal to save the bees, which I absolutely adore. You guys know that I'm obsessed with coffee. You also know that I'm always on the lookout for ways to try and cut back. I swear the caffeine-free bee elixir brain fuel works better than any cup of coffee I've ever had at making me feel focused, energized, and actually a lot more even. I also recently took their propolis spray with me during airplane travels and used it as an immune support over the course of my trip. I came back with zero sniffles. The tickle in my throat was totally gone. It is amazing, and I swear by it for immune support. I really also... 
am just kind of low-key obsessed with the Be Chill Hemp Honey Sticks. They have been incredible for my anxiety. After doing all the things during the day, a honey stick paired with a good meditation makes me feel the chillest. We love this company and their products so much that we've partnered with them to bring you a special discount just for Modern Mamas listeners. Get 15% off your order by visiting beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash Modern Mamas and use the code Modern Mamas at checkout. It's that simple. Okay, so now let's ju- dive into the the meat of this episode. And I want to like I just love to like drop the educational knowledge bombs. And so we throw around this term adrenal fatigue, adrenals, your adrenals are shot, like all this stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more without getting too scientific, but like what are the adrenals? For those of us who are just like, so- yeah, that sounds cool, but what am I talking about here? <laughs> okay, so your adrenals are pretty much your body's stress response system. Your body's stress response system. Sorry, that's my mouthful. So kind of think of like firefighters rushing to the scene and ambulance rushing to the scene. It's often referred to as your body's like fight or flight mode. So that comes way back, way back, like thousands of years ago or whatever, when you, you know, were either fighting it out or you were running from the scene. Like it was like really like live or die type scenarios. So that's where that fight or flight mode comes into play. I like to call your adrenals like the definition of small but mighty. So they're two little organs that sit on top of your kidneys and they sit pretty close to your aorta. So that way they can get messages and blood flow rapidly around the body. So if you boil down like what your adrenals do. Their main job is to cope with incoming stress, handle it, and survive. So your adrenals produce a whole bunch of different hormones like adrenaline, noradrenaline, epinephrine. They also convert glucose into usable energy by the body. Maybe we'll talk about blood sugar in a minute, but so someone like me with type 1 diabetes or anyone with blood sugar issues are usually going to be pretty prone to adrenal fatigue. Your adrenals regulate your blood pressure. A great way to think about that is when someone is stressed, they typically have high blood pressure. That is because your adrenals. They can like increase your lung capacity. Again, in that fight or flight situation where you might need to get more oxygen into your body, they can increase blood flow to different areas and decrease blood flow to different areas. Again, that would be in that fight or flight stress mode. They balance electrolytes. So someone with adrenal fatigue could be craving salt. They help regulate your metabolism, support development during pregnancy, and they act as a lot of hormonal precursors. So hormone issues like anything to do with the sex hormones, anything to do with the thyroid, you're always going to want to talk about your adrenal glands as well. So a lot of functions, as you can see with adrenals. So the issue with adrenal fatigue is it's not like a recognized medical diagnosis, but the symptoms are definitely there, which we all know. And if you really want to like boil it down to what the technical term is, we really should be calling it like hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. Wow, <laughs> that's a mouthful. Which is why no one calls it that. <laughs> and so that could be called like dysfunction of the HPA access mm. for short. So that's kind of where really that breakdown lies. And it's not just like adrenal fatigue isn't just about low cortisol. It's about, again, like so many other hormones. But pretty much what happens, like I, I've said before, is the body is beautifully de- designed to handle stress. But stress is supposed to be handled and then 
move on to the next event. But what's happening in modern times is this stress response is constantly getting activated. It could get activated from outside sources. It could get activated from toxins in the environment, from decreased minerals in our food supplies nowadays because the soil quality, you know, there's so many different things. And so what that is doing in really simple terms is that's weakening that stress response team. So that's weakening, like thinking, a good way to think of it is like, instead of the firefighters rushing to the scene, they're kind of like waltzing into the scene. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. So they're really, it's designed to be like targeted and specific response, but because we are in I guess encountering more and more like just stress stressor after stressor mm-hmm. after stressor, it kind of like gets down regulated the response. Yes, essentially. Yes. Okay. So what does that do to us when it becomes down regulated? Like, how does that impact us? I mean, pretty much you're just going to feel exhausted. There's, you know, a lot of symptoms. And again, the the issue with these symptoms is, okay, if, do I have this symptom? Does that mean I have adrenal fatigue? No, not necessarily. There could be other things going on, but it's really important to like kind of play detective here. That's kind of what I like to refer to it as. So some typical symptoms, signs um, just to think of are going to be exhaustion, fatigue, Difficulty falling asleep at night, that's a really big one. You're exhausted all day and then you can't fall asleep at night. Again, that's because your cortisol cortisol levels are dysregulated. Anxiety, worry, panic. Now, can that be caused by something else? Yes, but that also can be a sign and symptom of adrenal fatigue. Just feeling scattered. Like I said, brain fog, lack of passion, focus, direction. Just kind of like confusion. Headaches and migraines. He said difficulty falling asleep, difficulty waking up in the morning, even after a good night's sleep, clenching your jaw, especially at night, like grinding your jaw or your teeth, hair loss. That's probably number one is probably hair loss. I feel like that's hard to decipher in postpartum because it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, around three months, you're like. You're just shedding hair like crazy, but I'm sure it's, you're talking above and beyond, like what's expected. So hair loss postpartum is, you know, also due to a drastic drop in your hormones. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to think like your hormones are going up, up and up for an entire nine months. And then they just crash. There's mm-hmm. no like tapering down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So hair loss is postpartum is definitely due to that hormonal response, which is, is a natural hormone response. Again, a difficult thing, but not necessarily a negative thing, but it, it also, I would say adrenal fatigue definitely has to play in postpartum hair loss. Another one is, uh, craving salts, craving caffeine, sugar, anything that can kind of like pep you up, getting easily flustered. What are other ones? Uh, Electrolyte imbalance. So again, that would be like salt cravings that could also come in the form of dizziness, muscle weakness, different things like that. So yeah, those are kind of just some red flags to look for. Uh Uh-oh. I'm like... (laughs) Are you checking the boxes? Yeah, I'm like, um... (laughs) I think it's so hard because I have really amazing days where I'm like, I feel great. Everything's wonderful. Life is great. And then you crash. Then I crash. I, I, it's like a cycle, a very, very, it's beginning to become predictable cycle. I would say that definitely like an up and down too would 
would definitely be a sign and a red flag you should look for. So how do you... not that like consistency. Gotcha. Okay. So how do you recommend, like besides going through the list and being like, you know, checking off like yes I got that got that do you recommend testing obviously I know that you're a nutritional therapy practitioner like do you I mean encourage people to like really dig and do testing and work with a, a professional like what are what's your so general recommendation a conventional medical doctor won't test you I don't want to speak for everyone but I would say the majority won't there's some saliva testing you can do I don't in my practice don't do any testing but I definitely can refer people to that if there's something else going on like a blood sugar imbalance a thyroid then definitely testing is essential and yeah there's some saliva testing some hair mineral analysis you can do but I would say for the average person that maybe that's not a possibility, I think that there there's plenty you can do just by really getting in tune with your body and, and just kind of thinking through these symptoms. Like maybe you're listening to this and you're having these light bulb moments like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like just start writing that stuff down. Keep a journal of it and you know, maybe even journal out your day and see maybe you think that things are going great and then maybe you write it all down and you're like oh maybe that's not the case (laughs) no maybe I'm a little bit more exhausted than I think yeah or again maybe you have that crash and in that crash like you're kind of describing is definitely a symptom because cortisol goes up to meet that stress and we have that adrenaline rush which we've all referred to we all know what that adrenaline rush is like and then that's followed by a crash so definitely a red flag there interesting okay so how can we because you know part of me is like this is just the badge of motherhood. Like, I'm just going to be tired for the next mm-hmm. 18 years. And he, of course, I'm going to be drinking like two or three cups of coffee a day. Like, I've got so much to do. You know, how do we as women, as, you know, mamas, mamas to be, how do we differentiate between just, you know, the normal, I, I say normal, but I guess it's it doesn't have to be this way. But like mm-hmm. what we view as the normal like side effects, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, of motherhood versus like there's an issue that needs to be like really, really looked into and I'm not living my best life. I love what you said about like the badge of tiredness. Mm-hmm. And I think that society preaches that. And we just say that this is what comes with it. And this is just how motherhood is. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've had some really rough postpartum issues. So I'm not going to say like, I'm all rainbows on butterflies <laughs> over here by any means. But I think ultimately we've got to flip that script and we have to change that conversation and not glorify that busyness and that exhaustion and that constant to-do list, which we all have. But I think just just changing that conversation and not glorifying the busy and the hustle. Gosh, I think that's really the first step. And I think too, and I've definitely, I've experienced this since being a mom is we think we have to do it all. Mm -hmm. And we think we have to have it all together. We think we have to fit back into our jeans and have, you know, Instagram worthy little bonnets on our children all the time, (laughs) which I do have because they're cute. I mean, why not? Uh, Everyone loves a baby in a bonnet, okay? (laughs) Remington, you know, had sweet potato in her hair earlier. So stuff you don't see. But I just think, you know, we don't have to have the 
the perfect Pinterest worthy kitchen and we don't have to have the six pack abs and we don't have to be the mom that just, you know, drinks her green juice and goes to yoga every day. Although those are really great things. I go to Pilates twice a week, definitely a priority for me, but I think just realizing we don't have to have it all together. I think the flip side of this, that is like I said, glorifying, just being exhausted all the time. And and we kind of even joke about it too. Have you ever noticed that? Like how we just joke mm-hmm. about like, oh yeah, it's just like a mom and I'm just exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like um, a zombie and like, yeah, it's just, it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really think we have to change that conversation. And I think a lot of that comes from like, we started off by saying, just not talking about like this postpartum phase and how much this really can affect you and your nutrition and your functioning and your energy levels and, and, and all of that. So I think having that conversation is so important. I also firmly believe, and this is something that you have to believe in your heart and you have to own this decision, the decision to make sure you are filling up your cup every day because you can't pour from an empty cup. If you've ever been on an airplane, what do they tell you? They say, put your oxygen mask on first. And we have to believe that. And when we do, we're going to show up and love and serve others that are in our lives to at at a much different level. But that starts from that decision of believing that you are worthy to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something I could tell you that a million times. I could say you're worthy of investing in yourself, Jessica. But until you believe that, like in your heart, nothing's going to change. And so I think that's really the first step that you can take to getting your energy back is just believing that you're worth the investment and that your family is worth the investment Mm -hmm. because what you do and what you bring to the table impacts far more than just you. Um, It impacts your family and your children and your husband or your spouse or your partner. It impacts your business. And then, like I said, like now being on the flip side of some pretty hefty postpartum issues, gosh, this past month, like I just feel like I am a whole new person and I have seen how that's affected my husband and my relationship with my husband, I mean, it was never like in a bad spot to begin with, but it's just such a difference. And even just, you know, Remington and how she's dancing around the house. And so <laughs> again, just seeing that is so beautiful, but that comes from me 150% believing that myself and my family are worth investing in myself if that makes sense no it totally does and I I've been reading a book I don't know if you've it's called do less I'm just kind of working through it slowly but I love the message that she brings to that the table and it's really it echoes mm-hmm. a lot of what you've already said but it's like I think we as women just believe if we're not quote unquote doing it all then like all the balls that we're holding in the air are gonna fall and mm-hmm. our life is going to crash. Like we are the glue, you know? Yeah. And, I, and, and, I and we're not the only ones that are holding things together because exactly. we can't be. We only exactly. have two arms. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I also think when we feel like it's all within our control and that we have to do everything, we really sell the people in our lives short 
and their capabilities, mm-hmm. like, you know, as partners or whether that's other family members or friends and like their willingness to help us and, you know, their abilities to do the things that we feel like we have to do. And this is getting off on sort of a tangent here, but I feel like it goes Oh, I hand. love that. Oh my gosh. I need to write so many of these little sound bites down. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like, we are, yeah. we are selling others short and possibly even not bringing out their full potential. Exactly. So something to, you know, take with you from this episode is just to, I think, challenge your idea of what it means to be living like joyfully and fully and Mm -hmm. be living. I I say it like living your best life. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, what would would your perfect day look like? How would you feel? How, what would you be doing? Like, would you, you know, like I just, I, that's an exercise that I've been doing recently. It's like, would it be running around drinking three cups of coffee and like, you know, trying to get everything done in five hours that should take me like 10 hours? No, probably not. And it's not saying that you have to like throw away all of your responsibilities and that like you don't have things that you have to do. But I think for me, especially it's like realizing that those things don't all have to get done right now, this second, this day, Mm -hmm. or even this week, or like even by me, they can get me done by somebody else. So yeah. Okay. So I know we're, we could probably talk forever on a million different things here, but so you kind of mentioned just in your experience, I'm sure, like you said, it's not even a true medical diagnosis, but how common do you think adrenal fatigue is in women at this point in time? I mean, obviously this is not going to be like a hard and fast numbers. Answer, you know, I but- once, I once read a statistic that it was like 80% of women women experience these symptoms I don't know how valid that is by any means I do know that gosh I just was reading a study on this and I'm going to find this and you can include this in the show notes but I believe don't quote me on this I believe that it was 20% of doctor visits the chief complaint was stress and exhaustion Mm. and again don't quote me on that I'm going to try to find the study I was just reading this but you know that's a that's a pretty big number over something that we have control over, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's other things like me getting diagnosed with type one diabetes or, you know, cancer. There's other things that we don't have that control over, but our stress and our exhaustion is something we do have control over. So yeah, I, I would say it's a lot more common than we think. And, and the really sad part is, is, most people just go through life thinking, oh, this is just normal. Mm -hmm. Like, I just need another cup of coffee. I just need to do one more thing. I just need, you know, to sleep in on Saturday. Because, you know, we think, oh, the the morning headaches, we've just gotten so used to them that we kind of like forget they're there. Mm -hmm. Or the the brain fog, you know, that's something I definitely experienced postpartum. And now that I've come out of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like (laughs) you see that contrast. But I think often we get so used to all these symptoms and they just become, again, like air quotes, normal Mm -hmm. and so we're not we're not fully aware of just maybe how bad it is okay that is eye-opening and I feel like I just feel like we're gonna have a lot of listeners being like oh my gosh like I'm hoping that this sparks them to dig into it maybe they do are suffering from adrenal fatigue and maybe they're not maybe they are just you know in the season but you know hopefully there's definitely seasons yes but but I mean obviously 
staying in those seasons for longer than necessary can probably make it harder to get out, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel oh, like yeah. that's been my experience. So tell us, okay, so let's talk about actionable. Now that we kind of have a good good grasp of what it is, what it could look like, and how prevalent it is, tell us, this is the action part. Like, what are some... For instance, maybe how can we set ourselves up in the postpartum period to avoid this drastic experience of potential adrenal fatigue? Or what are some daily habits? Just kind of share your practical steps and wisdoms with us to really try and like offset this experience of adrenal fatigue. So the first and most important thing, like I already said, is just believing that you're worthy of making this investment in yourself. And this investment could come in five minutes a day of self-care. It could come in, you know, the form of getting one day of help or even two hours of help every week. If that is something that is financially realistic for you, it could come in so many ways, but that ultimately has to start with you believing that you and your family are worth that investment. I think another big thing is just especially when we talk about, you know, mamas and postpartum, like recognize what your body just did. And again, like it's a beautiful form of stress, but it's it's a huge form of stress. Like you just created a human, especially if you're breastfeeding again, like breastfeeding is a beautiful thing. You're providing nutrients for your baby. You're providing really good nutrients, but that baby is literally sucking you dry, (laughs) like literally and figuratively. So that can be another huge form of stress and also a really big form of nutrient depletion, which is a form of stress. So just, just realizing all of that, that we need some serious nutrient replenishment here and just realizing like what your body went through. I know they liken giving birth to like running a marathon and most people that run marathons don't just wake up one day and run a marathon, but most people that give birth just wake up one day, give birth, you know? So there's no, there's no like training or anything like that, like practice birthing sessions or anything like that. You just do do it. So that's incredibly stressful on your body. You know, and if you had a C-section, that is major, major abdominal surgery. So just realizing like what your body just went through is, is key to starting the healing process. Another one I kind of touched on just briefly is really valuing self-care. And I think sometimes we think of self-care as, you know, going to a spa and drinking cucumber water. And, and while that's all great and wonderful and my sweet mother was here over Mother's Day and I got to go to the spa for two hours and she watched Remington and it was amazing. (laughs) And so that's great, but that's not something I do on a day-to-day basis. But valuing self-care is just valuing anything that refuels you. And that can be five minutes a day, that can be 10 minutes a day, but making that a priority and realizing that you can't pour from an empty cup and you have to refill your cup. You have to put your oxygen mask mask on first before you you can show up to love and serve others better. So valuing self-care is really important. And I think sometimes we think of self-care as like a time detractor and we're already like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I don't have any time. But self-care is really going to multiply and going to add to your time because you're going to show up that much more passionate and that much more focused on your task at hand when you take a few minutes to pour into yourself first. So yeah, self-care is a huge, huge aspect, especially postpartum is prioritizing nutrient-dense foods. So something I really like to encourage women, especially moms on, is focus on one nutrient-dense meal a day. 
just focus on one, like start there. So for me, I usually try to make that breakfast. Lunch kind of gets like lost in the shuffle of the day for me, but breakfast is really, really important. So I try to get in like some breakfast sausage, always some eggs. I had sauteed spinach this morning. I try to always get in some greens and like a bulletproof decaf coffee. So whatever that looks like for you, whatever meal is easiest for you, just focus on having one meal being super, super nutrient dense. I think that's one of the best action steps you can take. And then that way you don't get like so overwhelmed. Another good one, especially if you're running around, like I use the getting up and down from the dinner table example is easily digestible foods. So if you're running around getting your kids lunch, like I realized that I ate a granola bar or a grain free granola bar for lunch today in the car. So I'm definitely not perfect. I'm not sitting here eating like a three course perfect (laughs) meal every day. That would be nice. Um, But if you can eat something that's like super easy to digest. So I love collagen. I've been loving Vital Proteins Beauty Greens recently. Yogurt. You you could do coconut yogurt if you can't do dairy. But anything that's super soft on your stomach and really easy to digest, I would definitely keep that handy and kind of top of mind awareness for those stressful days or those those meals that you always know like for me it's just I know lunch is just crazy and so just keeping something that's really easily digestible on hand is really great and then also prioritizing nutrient dense fats so especially if you are breastfeeding or you did breastfeed for any significant amount of time fats are literally flowing out of you and so replenishing those are really important and and fats are important for for on so many different levels but if you think about it from a cellular perspective your cells have a phospholipid bilayer so pretty much think of that as like the wrapping paper of your cells so like if you had a birthday present it'd be wrapped in wrapping paper. So that wrapping paper of your cells is comprised of fats. And so at a cellular level, your body really needs fats. And your hormones also, the building blocks to hormones and to hormone precursors are all fat-based. So drink your bulletproof decaf coffee. If you're having toast, literally put like a cube of butter on it to roast your sweet potatoes in avocado oil and ghee. If you're having steak, top it with butter. Like it Anything you can get those healthy fats in. Coconut butter is a really great healthy fat. You know, macadamia nuts, anything like that. Egg yolks, really good quality, nutrient-dense dairy. You could do coconut milk. Get those fats in. Those are so important. So yeah, prioritizing one nutrient-dense meal a day and then your fats. And what else? What about sleep? What about, I know that people are like, well, you just need to prioritize rest. Well, in the postpartum period... (laughs) You, you kind we need of, to do a whole episode on this. I know. You kind <laughs> of don't have, uh, you're not the one in total control. Like in an ideal world, yeah, you would sleep eight hours a night and you mm-hmm. would never wake up and it would be amazing. But even now, like our kids mostly sleep through the night, but I would say we get woken up probably two or three times a week. And sometimes those night wakings are longer and, you know, it's hard to go back to sleep. So it's not perfect. And I don't think any of this stuff will ever be quote unquote perfect, right? Like that's not what we're aiming for here. And give yourself grace. Yeah. Like don't strive for perfection. Striving for perfection is just another form of stress. So don't do it. (laughs) Totally. I, one of the things, this probably sounds terrible, but one of the things 
I took with me after my first postpartum experience when I really set the bar high for what I felt like I should be doing and what I should be capable of and what what I should have accomplished in terms of like my kids should be on a schedule and we shouldn't be waking up anymore and all this xyz I just told myself I was going to set the bar really really low the second time around and then (laughs) be surprised yes and then once I set it low I was going to like lower it even a little bit more and really just as long as we were alive and everyone was relatively happy and healthy like that's a good day and it really it really did wonders for me so anyways so in terms of sleep so, what you, okay, what's so your sleep, I have a few little practical action steps you can take, obviously, like, especially in the newborn phase, it's just rough. And realizing, too, that, like, broken nighttime sleep is really hard on your body. So, let's say you get a total of eight hours of sleep. Your little one slept eight hours, but they did it in four chunks. So, you woke up and either gave them a bottle or nursed four hours through, even though you're like, oh, I got eight hours of sleep sleep. There should be some like formula. There probably is, but you've got to detract, detract a lot of that or subtract a lot of that because it's broken sleep. Mm -hmm. So your body was not getting that deep restorative sleep. So that's something just really important to understand is the amount of sleep is not necessarily as important as the quality of sleep. Your quality of sleep is really, really important. Obviously like that's just what happens when you're a mom or you're a dad. Your quality of sleep gets downgraded a lot. But one thing that's really helped me is naps and making naps a priority. So, for example, there'll be some times where I'll nap and it's just like a power nap. So if you can carve out 10 to 30 minutes and you can realize, like, even though you think you have so much to do, I did this the other day and I was like, I have so much to do, I don't have time. And I took a 10-minute power nap and... What I got done in the next hour was probably like a whole day's worth of work because I was just like so productive and my head was in the game. So if you can think of sleep and naps as like adding to adding time to your day rather than subtracting time for your day, that mindset shift is key. Another thing, and I still do this and I am 15 months in, is carving out dedicated nap time. So for me, I try to nap on the weekends and I don't always get to it every single, like both Saturday and Sunday, but I really make sure that I have a nap one time on the weekend. So usually it's Sunday. I will say no to commitments that interfere with when Remington goes for a nap because I know on Sunday I'm going for a nap and I know how it's going to affect my next week. It's also a really big factor in me not getting migraines, which will take me out for a few days at a time. So I know if I get that hour to hour and a half nap on Sundays, like that is again, adding so much time to my day. So if you have to say no to commitments, if you have to say, you know what, I can't be there at that time, but I can be there at this time. Again, that, that all stems back to believing so much in yourself that you're worth this investment. And so this weekend, I said no to something that was a commitment. I could have gone, but I knew that it was going to impact Remington's nap time, which meant it was going to impact my nap time on a Sunday. So carving out time and just really making that commitment to yourself is I think really important and something you can easily do because hopefully your little one is napping. Um, so even if that <laughs> hopefully. is like, hopefully yeah. <laughs> I went through sleep regression and I was like about to lose my mind. I was like, you just slept for five minutes. What are you doing? 
that once you get into a routine, like on Sundays, Remington goes down and I go down. That's just like how it is. And I say no to things that interfere with that. And I don't, I don't feel guilty for it because I know, I know in my heart that I'm doing what I need to do, not only for myself, but for my health and for my family. And gosh, that's just like so important. And it's not a mindset shift that happened immediately for me. It was something that took time. So if you are in that season of exhaustion, I would just really encourage you to slowly have that mindset shift about naps and restorative sleep. Absolutely. So important. And another thing too is when your body is in a state of adrenal fatigue, and this is kind of how everything comes full circle. So if your body's in a state of adrenal fatigue, your cortisol levels, like you've got to think of it like a roller coaster. So what should happen is your cortisol should be the highest in the morning when you wake up and it should slowly decline throughout the day. So there's low cortisol at night when you go to sleep. And that's when the melatonin kicks in and and you would go to sleep. That is how like it should normally work. So when you're in a state of adrenal fatigue, your cortisol is going up and down like a roller coaster all day long. So often what happens is we have really low cortisol in the morning and we have really high cortisol at night. And so if you can take steps and you can come up with a nutrition and supplement plan to work towards balancing your adrenal hormones, that sleep is going to be a missing puzzle piece that's just going to fall into place. It may take some time. It's definitely taken me, I would say about eight to nine months of solid, intense work. Again, it, it depends where you're starting from, but just know that sleep is an effect of adrenal fatigue. So that's kind of how everything comes full circle. That's amazing. And I, I'm, I am in the midst of like, I, I get overwhelmed myself where I think I've got to, I've got to sleep. I've got to eat all the right things. I've got to work out mm-hmm. move my body. I've got to like be the best mom, parent, spouse, you know, podcast partner, mentor, everything. And I was chatting with my husband. I'm like, I can't do all of this. And so part of the, the, the do less book, which has just been super impactful. is like, what things bring you the most joy or what things can you do that will mm-hmm. give you the most bang for your buck? And I realized like prioritizing sleep for me, like even if I can't go to the gym, even if I can't do yoga, even if I can't eat all the best foods all day long, you know, I can get one meal in a day and I can protect the space around my sleep. And for you mamas out there who are like, yeah, right. Like I'm still waking up three or four times a night. Well, you just do the best you can. And if it's like not Mm -hmm. watching Netflix, you know, before bed or using your blue light blocking glasses or, you know, investing in a high quality magnesium supplement, if that's something, I don't know, you can probably speak to that too, Caroline, but like trying your best to just set yourself up for the best sleep that you can get. And that may still be interrupted for the time being, but like also like owning that because like I was complaining mm-hmm. all the time, like I am so tired, but yeah, I'm watching Netflix until 1030 every night on the couch and scrolling Instagram. Like that's me. That's like, yeah, I, that's something that I can change and I can impact myself like directly. And so I've really prioritized sleep because I realized like when that is impacted for me I feel it so immensely and that's when I start chugging down like two or three cups of coffee a day and that's when I'm like bouncing off the walls and it's just this vicious cycle for me so um, Mm -hmm. I don't know I just everyone's experience is different and I realize that like gosh everyone's 
family support and spousal support and you know maybe you you can't nap you know maybe that's just like not something that's available to you right now but like really just looking at realistically you can do one thing you know you can right you can do you can wear blue light blocking glasses or you can not scroll instagram at like 10 30 at night (laughs) or like you said just I love how you phrased it protecting that space around sleep and for me that is a weekend nap and I protect that and that's sacred to me and everything else goes out the door and that is that is the way I protect myself so I, I do firmly believe you know these examples that we've given they might not work for you in your time and space but there is something you can do to protect that sleep and make it a priority and you just have to figure out what that is 100% and I've been doing personally like I have been doing sleep meditation before bed because I do have a hard time once I go to sleep I'm fine but sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm so I just all the things racing through my head right and so like it's literally 10 minutes I just do guided breathing with the little fireplace crackling in the background. This woman's voice is like glorious. (laughs) And I do it. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's like priming my, my system for like, for sleep. Yeah. Like, and we do have to prime our environment. And often what happens is I'll just use the example of scrolling through Instagram, but often what happens is we haven't, like I said earlier, we haven't done any form of like self-care air quotes over here. We haven't done anything to refuel ourselves throughout the day. Even if that is just for five minutes, everyone has five minutes. I firmly believe that. And so then what happens at night is we're like, oh my gosh, I just need to do something to like let my brain rest. Mm -hmm. And so we sit there and scroll through Instagram. I did it last night. So I'm not saying guilty. Guilty. But if we can do some, and then, you know, we all know that just sets our mind more and Mm -hmm. and our brain and then we get more cortisol. But if we can do something during the day, even if it's just for five minutes to refuel ourselves, that's going to impact your sleep too. So, oh my gosh, I just like, I could go on and on, but like so much of what we talked about comes full circle and has so many more benefits than just one benefit. Totally. I love that so much. And I'm glad, like, I don't want anyone to take, this is not about guilt. We talk about this all the time in the podcast. Like it's not about like, oh my gosh, you should be doing better. Like you should be doing more self-care because that's just adding one more thing that we should be doing. But it's really looking at at big picture. Like, how are you feeling? Like Mm -hmm. how, how is your current situation making you move through this world how is it making how is it not necessarily making you but like how is it impacting your relationships with yourself and other people and your kiddos your work people you know and it's it's not about guilt it's about if if it's not where you want to be or who you want to be like there are small things that that we can do to get from where we are to where we would like to be and it's a process and it's not like okay you got to overhaul your whole every your whole entire life (laughs) it's just more like oh my gosh starting with awareness taken me years Mm -hmm. like I would say a solid two and a half to three years of like intense effort and definitely the thought came before that but don't by any means think that like I have it all together. (laughs) None of us do. Or any of us have it all together. Yeah, but it's just, it's all these little steps that add up. And so hopefully, you know, if you're listening, you can come away with just one nugget that you can take with you and you can implement. And then you do that for a few weeks. And then, you know what? In a few weeks, that 
whatever you did just becomes a part of your routine and you don't think about it anymore. So you move on to another thing that you yeah. can improve. And that's, you know, it's, it's constant improvement. It's not by any means striving for perfection and trying to get it all done tomorrow. Cause that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then you're just going to feel guilty because you didn't get yeah. it all done. And then you're just going to, it's that vicious cycle. We are rounding up on a little bit over an hour. I wanted oh my gosh. a few <laughs> list. I know we could seriously talk forever, but we had a few listener questions and maybe we can do these more like rapid fire a little bit, but okay. you've answered a lot of the listener questions just in conversation, but and there's two and these might be short answers, but one of our listeners asked if you, could you have adrenal fatigue if you have no sex drive? And just side note, she's currently pregnant with her second kiddo. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but is lack of a sex drive yes. a sign? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because pregnancy hormones are probably messing with stuff, but that is one I did not mention. And that is a really big one. Okay. Because yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, again, it goes back to what we think is normal, should be normal, right? Like mm-hmm. we as moms feel like it's normal that we don't have a sexual desire, like appetite or desire anymore. And I know that's not the case, but it just feels like it's so pervasive. And maybe that goes to a testament as the fact that how many people may be struggling with something like adrenal fatigue where they think that's just the normal, yeah. the norm. So I'm glad that you're speaking to that. So I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of the things that we've talked about in the podcast already, like trying to implement will be helpful. But again, like you said, being pregnant has yeah, to do with that, I'm sure. But yeah, it, but that low sex drive is, is a very big red flag of adrenal fatigue. Okay. And then what are some of your, I know, again, you're not really giving us medical advice, but it's just in general, like if we had to really implement maybe one, two, three supplements that you think are really just super impactful in terms of like adrenal support, what would you recommend? So a lot of what I use are going to be blends of different things. And again, that's something you could get access to in my course or working with me in one-on-one. I'm sure we'll link all that. But yeah, a lot of things are going to be blends just because they're going to provide nutrients synergistically, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But what you can get very easily. My favorite is Pure Radiance Vitamin C. It's beautiful and pink too, (laughs) but that is just the best vitamin C on the market in my opinion. And vitamin C is crucial for every step of the adrenal cascade. It's also used up more rapidly during periods of stress. So vitamin C, if you could only do one, I would say it should be vitamin C. Another one I really like is ashwagandha. It's an adaptogen. That one is amazing not supposed to take it during pregnancy taking it while nursing a lot of ancient cultures have encouraged it and then a lot of people say not to take it so again like with any of these make sure you talk with your medical professional I personally took it while I was breastfeeding and that I love ashwagandha because it has the amazing effect of stimulating when needed and calming when needed. So it's a very unique adaptogen. I love that one. What are some other ones? Magnesium is a really good one. I think you mentioned that. Magnesium is best applied topically. So that is where it's going to soak into your body the best. I love Ancient Minerals Good Night Magnesium Lotion. That also has a little bit of melatonin in it. So any topical magnesium 
potassium, like a magnesium bath and get magnesium salt flakes. That is something really great you could do postpartum or just for anyone is get in a bath. We all have to bathe or at least we all should. <laughs> should. Do we? <laughs> My hair might be questionable. But. My kids would argue with you that that's not true. <laughs> but that's something you could kind of kill two birds with one stone is doing a magnesium bath. And then, yeah, there's a lot of supplements specifically and that I work with clients and students in my classes and with sleep there's some some really great things a lot of them are with the b vitamins so um, the b complex vitamins are really important for adrenal fatigue and those you know sorry what did you say? i was gonna say what's your stance on liver pills as a source of like b vitamins i am curious i know they have a lot of things in them but as a catch i'm a yeah, I'm a big fan. It's not going to be, and that's something I use for adrenal fatigue with my supplement protocols, but it's not going to be, um, you need some of the other B vitamins gotcha. as well. Okay. Especially those ones that you want for calming and for sleep. Those are going to be really important. Another thing I have been using recently, and I do not want to open a can of worms here, but CBD oil. Oh yeah. That. We, we have an episode all dedicated to CBD okay. oil. We're, yeah. we're here Just for it. Your <laughs> Um, my husband jokes, but that was something I have been doing everything right when it comes to adrenal fatigue. And that was just a missing puzzle piece for me, especially with the sleep component. So do you have a favorite brand of CBD oil you like? I love Equilibria. I think my hesitation with getting into CBD oil was I never could, I hadn't found a brand that I loved and that I could trust in. And I know this is really important to you too, is brands. And I love that they are educating people and that education aspect is a huge component of what they do. They're not just pushing a product. So yeah, Equilibria, I, I'm a big fan. I can send you some information on them, I but would love to hear more. yeah, definitely that has been something that's really helped me. Oh my gosh, there's so much. There's I'm sure. We could do a whole episode <laughs> just on supplements, but I think those are like the heavy the main ones. Okay. Well, on that note, I think we've, I think, I hope, my hope is that this episode is kind of got you thinking if any of these things really like maybe light bulb moments or you're like, hmm, like me, that maybe you're going to start to kind of do some digging. Our hope with every episode on the podcast, just empower you with information to take the next step, whatever that is, and taking care of yourself and your family. So thank you so much, Caroline. Where can we find you? How do we connect with you? What if someone's like, okay, I think I have adrenal fatigue. I want to work with Caroline. <laughs> like, tell us all the things that you offer and how to get in touch with you if that's something that we feel like we might need. First off, can I just say I love everything that you all stand for and just taking those small steps because that is what I am all about. And I know we gave a lot of information, but I hope just like one thing can stand out in people's minds and that you don't get overwhelmed. That's never my goal, but I do like to provide a lot of information. Oh, we so. do too. It's all about those small steps and just believing in yourself. But side note done, you can find me on my website, Flourish. That's flourish-living.com. We just launched something super exciting called the Adrenal Collective. And you'll be able to find that on the homepage or you can go to flourish-living.com slash adrenal collective. And that is just kind of pulling all these different resources on adrenal fatigue and putting them all in one spot. It's free. There'll also be a page 
paid workshop if you want to dive deeper, but hopefully that landing page can just give you a bunch of resources so that again, you can just take those small steps. And then I am on Instagram. I'm pretty active, except on the weekends. I take weekends off. You should, as you should. (laughs) But I am Caroline two underscores Potter on Instagram and come say hello. I would love to connect with you and share your story and gosh Instagram is such a fun platform it is it's our favorite besides the podcast it's our favorite well thank (laughs) you so much for being here as always you guys if you like what you are hearing if the podcast has impacted your life in any way shape or form please 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 visit us at iTunes and shoot us a review we read every single one and they mean so much to us and it really really helps get our message out to other people like the information that Caroline has shared and our many guests so we really appreciate it. And you can find us on social media at laura.radicalroots and at jess.holdthespace. Yeah, thank you, thank you again so much, Caroline, for being here. I really, really loved this interview and I can't wait to see you in person soon. Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, you're so sweet. <laughs> Bye, friends. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time.